Are you electrified about transforming the world of storytelling? Immerse yourself in frontier storytelling from SR Media. Learn from artists, business leaders, and entrepreneurs making an impact with Frontier Tech from AI to VR chat. Our Frontier Storytelling guests will inspire you to transform how you create, live, and work. I'm your host, Steve Ramos. Join us on the new frontier. After a pandemic boost, e-commerce continues to grow to an estimated $265 billion in holiday sales. Holiday shopping at significant retailers, from Target to Amazon, is starting earlier than ever. Many shoppers plan an early start on gift buying to fight inflation by attaining the best deals. Frontier technologies like augmented reality and 3D content continue transforming the retail industry. If you enjoy online shopping, imagine metaverse shopping, where your digital twin gains access to countless stores. Serial entrepreneur and startup founder Randy Adams is an e-commerce trailblazer as the CEO of the Internet Shopping Network, a division of the Home Shopping Network. Adams is busy transforming retail in the Web3 era with his latest business, the Metaverse Commerce Network, or MCN, an operator of shopping malls in the Metaverse connecting customers to countless stores via digital tokens and NFTs. Randy joins us following the 2022 VRAR Retail Forum. Randy, welcome to Frontier Storytelling. It's great reconnecting with you. I'd love to hear more about the Metaverse Commerce Network. Yeah, well, we're, um, you know, it's an interesting space uh, and really reminiscent of how many years ago, 35 years ago or so, maybe more, uh, when the internet sort of blossomed and you could sell things on it, right? <laughs> and uh, it seemed to me that that's, uh, at that time people said, because I created a you know an e-commerce store in 1994, and uh, people said, nobody's gonna wanna buy anything online. A, your credit card isn't safe there, someone's gonna steal it, and B, you know, people want to experience things that, you know, they want to be, they want to touch the things that they buy and try them on and things like that. And it'll never be anything. Now, you know, 35 years later, we're doing a trillion plus a year in e-commerce and we solved those problems. And I think that's the fun part, right? Solving the problems to make this thing take off. And, you know, sort of like once you, once you light the fuse on something and you get it going and, and, and it explodes like this, So the Metaverse Commerce Network builds upon the data and tech technologies you helped introduce with the Internet Shopping Network. But what will consumers experience entering the Metaverse Commerce Network? I'm thinking, like, how is Metaverse retail a leap beyond e-commerce? It's pretty exciting because it, it's transformational. So I see the same thing happening, right? But, you know, who knows what the timing is going to be, you know? I think everybody at some point is going to have a pair of glasses that they wear 
or some other thing that's on their head. It's going to be very lightweight. It might be as small as the glasses you're wearing right now. And they're going to look around and, and things are going to appear there that have to do with commerce, right? It's going to be like, hey, you want to buy that thing that you're looking at right now? It's uh, this much on, you know, Amazon or wherever. And, uh, and you know, you can say, yeah, get that or whatever. Uh, you can move your hands and say, yeah, I want that. And boom, it's there. Uh, and I can see definitely that's going to happen. Uh, as well as the things are going to appear and you're going to be able to inspect them and look at them and maybe try them on and they don't, they're not really there. They're all virtual, but, but you feel the experience of them being there. One of the guys at the ARVR conference said that they did a study and said that if you actually perceive you have an ownership of something, which you can perceive if you're holding it, then you're much more likely to acquire it because you don't want to let go of it because you're already assuming you have ownership. Right. So that is the whole immersive experience that back in 1994 people talked about. You need an immersive experience. Well, we didn't have one. You know, you go to Amazon and you click things, three things and you say, oh, I'll get that or maybe I don't get that. I'll put it in my, in my shopping cart or whatever. But it, that still works, but it isn't. It, it, there's probably more compelling, immersive ways of doing it, and that's what excites me. And that's kind of where I'm focusing. Uh, and is it going to occur in Roblox, Decentraland, Sandbox, or something that I create? I don't know. You know, I, I I've got a creation now that uh, is a space that you can go into. It's it's VR only. I'm not doing it with. It's like, I I think the way you have to aim these things is not to go for the low hanging fruit and become ubiquitous and do the lowest common denominator of experience. You need to actually, you know, go with what the highest level of experience is, which is going to change. Obviously, over the next year, it's going to change. But right now, it's probably Oculus Quest 2. Uh, that's the highest proliferation. I mean, it's probably, you know, it's I have Microsoft HoloLens, and that's great, yeah. but it's a, there's not that many users out there that are going to use it, and so you can't really test it out very effectively, whereas there's millions of Quest users out there that you can test it on. So you go into it, you're in the space, you move around, you can use your hands, you can pick things up, you can drop things in a shopping basket, you can uh, you can transact, uh, and we have an app for Shopify, which if you have a Shopify store, you just run the app, all the assets go moved into your own space in this mall, if you will, uh, that you can go into with a friend of yours and you guys can pass things back and forth to each other and so it's game-like in that sense. Um, it's it's very primitive. It's not totally bug-free right now uh, and I'm sort of aiming kind of high because we also have a microphone you can pick up and say, show me laptops and such and such and it goes and it hits Amazon and everything else and displays them to you in, in a semi uh, 3D way in that they're 2D pictures that have moved to 3D. But now I'm thinking like, Gee, the Nerf stuff is out there, and I can take four pictures of something and turn it into a into a, an FBX model in the uh, in the in the space. Something like it's almost there, you, you know. And I'm not naming aiming for the Nikes or the or, or, or the big guys. They're aiming for the small operators that have that just want to have a footprint in the in the metaverse somewhere and for free. And that's the point. Like it doesn't cost you anything, right? Yeah. Uh, and if someone buys something there, it just goes through your Shopify system, and you just process the same way you process an order. So it's relatively painless and frictionless to be able to have a store in the metaverse. And is, are they going to do big sales there? No. Uh, you know, is anybody going to get rich putting it there? No. But it's a, it's a, these things are incremental, right? So it's a step, right? Yeah. It's not like I need $100,000 and I'll create a store in Sandbox for you. No, it's not that. It's like it's free and all your products can now be viewed and purchased by people who have quests. 
I'm listening to Randy talk about making metaverse commerce affordable for shop owners, and it's inspiring. Let's hear more from Randy about crafting an affordable metaverse. I think that's what you have to do because, right, right, it's a supply demand thing, right? Uh, and so you need a supply of merchants, and the, and the, you you need to make it so that the, there's no there's no uh, friction in that in that migration from the 2D world into a 3D world. And so then we're going to learn a lot, right? There's going to be things that are terrible and things that are broken and things that need, you know, need to be addressed from a UI standpoint. But what really gets me is like, how do you create that immersive experience that makes you feel like you're actually, you, you suspend the disbelief that you're in VR and you're actually shopping for something. And that's kind of what we're going for. Do we have it right now? Frankly, no. Uh, are we getting there? Well, I think we're learning on how to get there. Randy, the Metaverse Commerce Network, or MCN, it's your latest business, transforming retail and engaging consumers. Now, you remember retail pundits expressing doubt over online sales due to consumer confidence. And now, e-commerce looks to top $265 billion in holiday sales. What role does customer engagement play in the Metaverse? And how will the metaverse reduce customer friction? Yeah, I think that that's and the big issue with that. And I think Yuga and other side are addressing that issue is that you uh, you want concurrence. And, and so you want the ability to have multiple people there. And right now, like in the system that I have, if you get more than 50 people in the mall at the same time, you got to shard it and create a new mall. So uh, you, you just can't computationally, it's too intense. So, so then it becomes like, are, then do you really want to have a million people go into one mall? That's just seems very confusing. There is something about doing it together and with people that you know, but maybe there's a regionalization going on. So I, my thought is that we should create destination locations that are they're somewhat twin-like in that you would have a shop mall in Paris. So you'd have Paris shop averse in, right. in, in New York and London. And, and some of the shops that are in there are only shops that you see actually in Paris and London and New York and Dubai and Singapore and Tokyo and wherever. Uh, and it's themed that way. And so you could say, oh, I'm going to go shopping in Tokyo now. And you just go in and you expect to have that experience where there's a lot of people speaking Japanese and you're not. And but they accept English and whatever. And there should be shopkeepers there and there should be they there should be avatars for that. And maybe they're AI driven and maybe they're real time. You know, it's uh and the technology is now if I have a three D camera, you can actually see me in three D in real time and and you know in the flesh, no avatar required. Um so there's that possibility. So my mind's just like spinning uh of all these thoughts, but I think that there is a serendipitous experience and there is something that's associated branded with the locale, right? So this cultural uh, representation that should occur in all these things. And and so I want to create a, 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 um, a system by which we can create all of these locations and you can go shopping in wherever. I hear from you that a priority for the Metaverse Commerce Network is to ease customer burdens when it comes to digital shopping. But still, there are ongoing challenges. What keeps you busy? Is it the limitations of avatars trying on clothes? Is it cryptocurrency and digital commerce? Do you think it's something else? 
the, the, the thing we're working on isn't quite working yet is if you buy something with your MetaMask wallet, it changes it to U.S. dollars and runs it through the uh, Visa and credit card system. So you put your store up, people buy things, it just goes through your processing system, but they can buy it in ETH if they want to or, you know, some other coin that's, that we accept. What do you think is the product sector that will maybe generate in terms of the easy, the more accessible kind of volume of sales? Is it home goods, uh, hardware? I mean, you know, what, what do you think in terms of the consumer goods? It's probably not going to be ubiquitous commodities. In other words, if you can go to Amazon and you have something, a brand, and it's a particular uh, product in a certain brand, and uh, you know what it's going to look like, you've bought it before, it's, it's existing, I don't think it's going to work well for that. But one-off items uh, that um, or, or specialty items that people create or stuff that probably sees less uh, representation on Amazon, uh, I think get, you, you can give people access to that and, and maybe move that into a 3D space. So, you know, you've got a candle store. They do uh, like one-off candles and they're very unique. And you go in there and you look at one, and you pick it up and you expect it and you say, oh, this is really cool. And then you say, I want this one. And when you buy it, it's gone, right? It's one of a kind. Right. And so it, this will be a much more effective way to sell one of a kind. Because commoditized items, you know, you go and you say, oh, I need five of these. Like Alexa, put that on my shopping list. Boom, done. And so... That's not going to be because no one's going to want to do that. It's not going to be exciting unless you're doing it with somebody else. Or, but new, one of a kind, um, in, in product introductions, um, limited supply things. Uh, my wife owns a consignment shop here in Bend. Okay. She has a Shopify page, right? So, sure. uh, and she and another person, man, the, the or woman in the consignment shop, and so. Oh, I'm, we're putting, I'm using her as a test case to move her in. And all the items are one-offs, right? All the items are just like one-of-a-kind things that came in that someone brought in and from ladies' purses to shoes to, and so when you look at them, like you never know what you're going to get every day. You go into something different, right? And uh, and so it's set up so that they, they take a pic, they have a, that software system, they take a picture of it, it's up on the Shopify page, and then it's up on the, uh, in, in the store. So it's, it's kind of a good demo opportunity to see uh, if you know how people want to experience it, I'm sure you know VR has its issues, right? It's not going to be like a the major source of your business, but it's a great test bed for me to try oh, things absolutely. and uh, without having to even get anybody outside involved. But then once that's set up, I'm going to go out to all the customers and say, "Hey, you want to be a beta uh, users? I'd be glad to put your store up, no charge to you. We'll promote you, and uh, uh, and I think that we'll probably get plenty of people that will want to try this." Randy. You're an e-commerce native who understands online shopping better than anyone. So what have you learned to avoid? I mean, what are some lessons from the internet shopping network helping you build the metaverse commerce network? I think the most important thing is to reduce friction with all parties, right? So for the, for the, the merchant, you need to reduce friction in creating a space in the metaverse. For the uh, for the consumer, you need to reduce friction in their ability to access that, and, and there has to be an advantage to accessing it. Like, why would anybody go there if there's no advantage? So, I mean, the internet provided an advantage in that you didn't have to travel to go buy something, right? right. Uh, whereas uh, 
you know, you, you still have that, but now there needs to be a compelling advantage for that. Well, you can see stuff you wouldn't see anywhere and it's stuff that you really need to see in person. You can't go and sit, do a database search or an Amazon search. Show me interesting candles that I've never seen before. You know, it's got, you're going to go and actually find these things. So you got to have that compelling feature that enables you to see it. You've got to have it populated. And so it's a chicken and egg thing and you've got to have a user base that actually can access it. And I don't think it's on, uh, a WebGL, uh, I don't think it's that. I think it's it's definitely you've got to perceive three dimensions, uh, not just that you can spin something around. Uh, it has to see feel like it's really there. An interactive shopping experience like the Metaverse Commerce Network powerfully connects retailers and consumers. It's exciting imagining how shoppers will interact with their favorite brands. Are you ready to start shopping in the metaverse? Let's learn more from Randy. You reach a tipping point, right? Uh, and when you reach the tipping point, it just all of a sudden you just mass adoption. But now we have sort of the inverse because back in 94, there was not everybody around saying, you know, I want to, the internet's going to be the next big thing in, in, in e-commerce. I mean, I went down to, uh, I think it was like November of 1994 and went visited Ingram Micro and, uh, because I had previously started a software company for Steve Jobs and, and he went out of business virtually, but he didn't do hardware anymore. So I had $250,000 worth of, of hard, of, you know, boxes of software. I started selling them on Usenet and I'm like, hey, you can sell stuff online. And then the browser came up and websites came around, you know, create a website. And I'm like, damn, I, I'm going to, you can sell stuff online. I'm going to do it. And I went down to Ingram Micro because, you know, they sold computer software and hardware. I'm like, perfect stuff to sell online. The geeks will want to buy it. And I said, hey, I want to get a license for you guys to sell this stuff. And they're like, what, where are you going to sell it? I'm like, on the internet. They're like, no. Are you wondering why I asked Randy Adams about his early work on e-commerce? It's because frontier technologies like the metaverse build on tech from the past. Let's hear more from Randy. And so I went back kind of upset back to the bear and I'm like, well, I got to figure out another way to do this. So I called a different salesman down there and I said, Hey, do you guys have a soft copy of your catalog? And they're like, you mean like a disc we can send you of our goods? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, we have that. We can send that to you. And I'm like, oh, good. Do you, if I send you an order electronically, can you process it? And they're like, oh yeah, we can process it. And I'm like, okay, thanks. Sign me up. This way it's different. You've got billions of dollars being spent on the metaverse. Right. And so it's not everybody just, uh, thinking, you know, what is that? And so in other words, it's both good and bad. In one sense, it's a crowded space. In the other sense, it's, uh, there's lots of momentum in the space. So, and, and you can get visibility and, and, and things like that. So we're all experimenting in the, in the new space, which is, uh, I don't know, it keeps me alive. Randy, thank you for joining us after the 2022 VRAR Retail Forum. Best of luck with the public launch of the Metaverse Commerce Network. I wish you successful shopping trips throughout multiverses, and I cannot wait to experience what's next from you. Thank you for joining Frontier Storytelling. Listen for episodes every other Thursday. Become a member of the Frontier Storytelling Tribe 
share our episodes with friends, write a review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Frontier Storytelling comes from SR Media and Studio D Podcast Production. Schedule a meeting to learn how our story building tools can grow your brand. I'm your host, Steve Ramos. Join us on the new frontier.